Calvary's mountain where you died because of our sins they pierced your precious eye you said father forgive them for they know not what they do how could I ever stop loving you praise God Jesus I love you because you first loved me I know it's true your sweet love it's everlasting throughout eternity Jesus you know I Jesus, you 
of him, he's the one that drew and loved and drew you and gave you the knowledge of who he is and what he's done. I praise his wonderful name. You know what? I, we talked about maybe 40 years. I was 18 years old. I'm 58. That I had to make a decision which way. See, I was brought up in church all my life, pretty much all my life. And I knew the way. But as a teenager, I had to make the decision. See, I was, I was tossed to and fro. I'd get around the Christian people in my family, and I desired that. But yet the world was beckoning me. And there were, I was tossed in between, riding on the fence, not for sure. But as I spoke early at 18 years old, the Lord drew me and says, which way will you go? There was a final decision. Which way will you go? Praise God. He convicted my heart and changed my life. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you for your mercy. And you know what? Still today, last night, in the middle of the night, he still works on us. He loves us. He, he kept going over and over. There's victory in Jesus. Praise God through all life. He gave me the assurance that I'm sleeping. I woke up with confidence. Well, pray, it was his confidence. There's victory in Jesus. I love it. Jesus, I love you. Because you first loved me, I know it's true. Your sweet love is everlasting throughout eternity. Jesus, you know I love thee. Yes, Jesus, you know. one word of God has changed every promise still remains who he was he is today not one word of God let's do that again no not history that we're reading it's still living it's still breathing and in its pages we can hear God's voice one time has it ever come back void oh not one word of God has changed love my enemies 
And no one's ever out of reach Each line has power to change regret It reminds me there's no sin he won't forget Oh, not one word of God has changed Oh, every promise oh, it's still forgiveness in this message there's a path to new direction and for the broken heart oh it restores and the lost they are found by its words because not one word of God has changed Oh, every promise and still remains. And who he was, he is today. Not one word of God has changed. Oh, not one word of God has changed. Oh, every promise and still Why would I worry when giants come calling my name? Oh, cause my God is so much bigger than the troubles I face. Oh, why would I hunger for power or riches or My God is so much better than all of these things. So I won't be shaken. I won't be moved. My God is faithful. His promise is true. Third day. 
leaving all the troubles behind. One more battle with the devil, and I know he'll understand. I'm going through with Jesus, hallelujah, holding to his nail-scarred hand, holding to his nail-scarred hand. One more river to cross, one more mountain to climb, one more valley that I gotta go through, leaving all my troubles the devil and I know he'll understand I'm going through with Jesus hallelujah holding to his nail scarred hand holding to his nail scarred hand David you guys we're a band of Christian soldiers fighting Satan every day we're standing up for Jesus while we're if his precious blood has cleansed you and washed away your sins, that makes you a member of the blood wars band. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood wars band. I've been washed in the soul cleansing blood of the land. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the master came and made Till we reach the goal For the battle's almost over And we'll soon be going home I can hear the sound of angels As the saints go marching in Singing praises to the captain Of the blood wars band Praise God, I'm a member of the blood wars band I've been washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the land came and made me a member of the blood wars band. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood wars band. I've been washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the land. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the master came and made me a member of the blood wars band. Marching till we reach the goal For the battle's almost over And we'll soon be going home I can hear the sound of angels As the saints go marching in Singing praises to the captain Of the blood wars band Praise God, I'm a member of the blood wars band I've been washing the soul-cleansing blood of the land Chains of sin till one day the master came and made me a member of the blood wars band. Praise God, I'm a member of the blood wars band. I've been washed in the soul cleansing blood of the land. I was bound by chains of sin till one day the master came. Praise God, I'm a member 
was bound by chains of sin till one day the master came and made me a member of the blood wars Yeah.
It's such a tiny offering compared to Calvary, but nevertheless, we lay it at your feet. Lord, it's such a tiny Such a tiny offering compared to Calvary, but nevertheless, we lay it at your feet. One more time now, Lord, it's such a tiny offering. Yeah. Oh. 
One thing I want you to hear today, and I want you to see this, what is the devil's plans? Because we know that God has plans for us. He has a good end for us. But you ever wonder what the enemy's doing? Because the enemy is having his way. When Jesus came uh, 2,000 years ago, there was a lot of evil spirits that rose up during that time. And they attacked him. They attacked anybody around him. And I want you to understand something. Just as the evil was coming out at that time, the evil, the enemy, got inherited. He's trying to kill Jesus as a baby. And, you know, I look at that and I realize today Jesus is fixing to come again. And what's going on? The enemy is coming out of the woodwork. How many hears what I'm saying? You know what? I want you to hear this because it's important. Sometimes we just think it's flesh. It's just people being good or bad or taught right or not taught right. We lay it all upon ourselves. But can I tell you something? There's a real devil and he's real. And if you don't get it in your mind, and if you want to find out who the devil is, where he came from, and what's his goal, and what is his final day, all you got to do is read uh, Isaiah 14 or, uh, or Ezekiel 28, and you will hear both of them of where the Satan came from, where what he has intended in his heart to raise himself up above God, and the day's coming, and God even said it then, that he'll be in the pit. You want to know where he's going to end up? He's going down in the pit. And it's already written it's going to happen. But I want you to listen to something because this is important today. And it's important to us today in our time. Christians, we've got to get a hold of this. We've got to get a hold of the fact that there's power in the name of Jesus. And I know we've been talking about it. We've been singing about it. People's been testifying about it. But we've got to get a hold of the fact that Jesus is more powerful than the enemy. Amen. Because sometimes we just think we're just, uh, well, we were chosen to suffer. Or we were chosen to do this or chosen to do that. And can I tell you something? The enemy wants you to think that way. He wants you to stay right down in the dirt where you're blown. And he don't always come out. He you ain't never seen the devil. You have never seen that he don't come at you with a pitchfork. He don't come at you growling. You might see evil influence, and that's what I think he does better than anything, is he likes to deceive people. He likes to bring things. He, he likes to add to what God said or take away from what God said. He done that, in, a, in I think Randy brought it up when he, when he preached two or three weeks ago. He brought it up about Adam and Eve. And obviously the enemy knew exactly what to do to tempt her. And if you think he don't know the, some of the scripture, he does. He quoted it to Christ when he took him in the wilderness to tempt him. He knows things that are written. Do you know that when that happened, when he heard that Christ was coming, and he'd heard it through Israel all them years, when the enemy knew this was coming, this day is coming, can I tell you something? He looked for him. He looked for him. And when he got him in the wilderness, he tempted him. And he told him those things of, you know, if you were really the son of God, you could turn this bread or turn this stone to bread. He started giving him all these things he could do. I want you to turn, if you will, to the eighth chapter of Luke first. 
I'm going to try my best to get this through just real quickly. I'm, I'm going to skip some things, but I know what God has gave me today, so hear what I'm telling you. It says in Luke, the eighth chapter, the first verse. I just want to read these first three verses to start. It said, and it came to pass afterward, Luke 8, verse 1. And it came to pass afterward that he, talking about Jesus, went through every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. I want you to remember this, of the kingdom of God. Remember it. Remember what Jesus just said in that first verse. Seems like most of the time we just skip right by things. But I want you to understand something. Jesus is on the scene. He's preaching the gospel. And he is bringing it forth to the cities one after another. But what is he doing? Why did he come? Where is he going? Listen to this. It says, And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, infirmities or weaknesses, things that, that they needed healed from. It says, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. How many ever saw somebody possessed with a devil? Scary. You ever been around somebody? I'm going to tell you something. You won't treat it so lightly. You don't treat it like they're just influenced a little bit. They've just got a, a, an oppression or a depression about themselves, and the enemy's uh, messed up their mind a little. No, I'm talking about something where the demon is actually on them or in them. Now, you know what? I'm not trying to talk about. I don't believe that demons can possess, actually possess Christians. I think he can get on their case. And they can, he can lure them into the things to the old man and pretty soon you'll open the door back to him. Be careful where you're going. But it says this. It says, talking about Mary Magdalene, all of you have heard of her. It says, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod, Stuart, and Susanna, two other women, Joanna, Johanna and Susanna. And then it says, and many others which ministered unto him their substance. Why am I reading that? They, these were these women. You not only had the 12 with you, but you had some women that Jesus Christ had delivered. Some of them from evil spirits and Mary Magdalene from seven evil spirits. But it says here they're ministering unto them. They're giving them food. They're taking care of them. Going along with them as they travel. Now, I want you to skip on down to verse 26 of Luke 8. Jesus goes a little farther down here, and he first he gets on a ship, and he starts sailing across to the other side. And he's on the Sea of Galilee. And when he gets across there, when he gets started across, he falls asleep. And you heard the story about the storm that rose up, and they woke him up, and he rebuked the storm, and the storm stopped. So they were seeing things that not everybody has saw, but they were seeing things in this man that came on the scene preaching the gospel. Listen to what I'm telling you. And then it goes on, he says, and they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee, and when he had went forth, there he met a man, met him, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils a long time, and wear no clothes, 
He didn't wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but he abode in the tombs. And when, G, when he saw Jesus, listen to this. When he saw Jesus, now he ain't talking about the man. You got to listen to what I'm telling you. He's talking about the demons. If the demons can recognize Jesus, where in the world are we? We can't recognize when God's in it or not. We're God's children. Listen to me. These demons knew who he was. I, I, you know what? That gets all over me. Something about that excites me. Because here's somebody that cannot help this Gadarene man that's under all of this stress and pressure, and he can't even speak for himself. The demons are speaking for him. Listen to what I'm telling you. You, are, you ought not look so bad at people that are demon-possessed. You ought to look at why are they hurting so bad and nobody can help them. Listen to what I'm telling you. We're the children of God. This is the power of God that has come upon the earth. And it says here, he cried out. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice, he said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? How many knows he recognized who he was? Bobby, I don't know if he saw him when he was in heaven. Because Jesus is eternal. I don't know if that demon before he got kicked out of heaven saw him, but they knew exactly who he was. And I'm going to tell you something. When the presence of God is in the room, you can recognize who he is. We especially ought to know him. But even the devils know who he is. He says... With a loud voice, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. Wow, demons already asking for mercy. Then it says, for he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of him, and oft times it caught him and was kept bound by the chains and the fetters, and he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. He was basically, this demon-possessed guy was helpless. He could not help himself. You might blame his parents for not teaching him right. You might blame the city for uh, casting him out. I don't know what the man did wrong. Somewhere along the line, he got devil-possessed. And I can tell you something, though. There's not nothing going on that Jesus ain't took care of. He's the victor. Sue said it. There's victory in Jesus today. I don't care where you come from, and I don't care what they're telling out there because they can give all the glory to the, to the enemy all they want to. But I'll tell you, Jesus Christ is the one that will receive the glory. It says, verse 30, And Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? He said, Legion, many... Uh, because many devils were entered into him, and they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And you remember that story. He talks about uh, there was swine there, and he put them into the swine, and they ran down and choked them out. Choked them out of the swine into the, into the ocean. Now, why am I telling you that? I want you to hear about Satan being in someone. Because sometimes we treat 
this, uh, this devil possession or these devilish movies or the way that the enemies move, we treat it so loosely anymore. We act like we can't stop what the enemy's doing in even our own country. But I want you to hear what he's done. And it says, I want you to turn to Matthew 12, if you will. Turn to Matthew 12, if you've got your Bible. 12 and 22. Here's one more that I want to read to you. It said, Then was brought to him one possessed with a devil. He was blind and he was dumb. Now, he wasn't dumb just because he didn't go to school. When they called him dumb then, they couldn't speak. You hear what I'm telling you? He was blind and dumb and had a devil inside him causing it. And it says, And Jesus healed him insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and saw. Praise God. Got to get happy about this. This is somebody getting delivered. It's somebody couldn't get no help. No doctor's going to deliver him. All they want to do is lock him away from them. But it says, and all the people were amazed and said, is not this the son of David? Talking about Christ. But when Pharisee heard it, listen to what he said. They said, the Pharisees, this fella doth cast out devils by, Be by Be Beelzebub, the prince of devils. I can't really say that, but I tried. His name's Beelzebub. It's another name for the devil. He's a prince of the demons. Now listen to me. This guy, a Pharisee, should know more than he knows. He should have recognized who Jesus was, but he didn't. Instead, when the Jesus healed this man, he wants to come against him and say, he's casting out the devils because he's a devil. Isn't that something? I, I, I look at this and I think to myself, they never consider the one that was delivered. You don't never hear them saying, how did it feel when he delivered you? How did it feel when he ran through your system and all of the devils had to flee and you were free like you've never been? How did it feel? They, nobody asked him that, Bobby. No, they're still criticizing and cutting Jesus. I want you to look down at verse 28 and 29. These are the last two I'm reading in this chapter. But I want you to hear it. Jesus began to say the devils cannot be divided against himself. Made good sense. He tried to explain that to the Pharisee. But then he says in verse 28, But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Now, let me tell you something. You can stop right there and rejoice because that same kingdom of God that he was going around from city to city and bringing the tidings of the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. The world was, uh, is, belongs to the enemy in a sense. In a sense, after the, after the fall of man, Satan has been the prince of the power of the air. He's the God of this world. And everybody follows him. And we're all condemned on the days that as soon as we get of, of age, we're condemned. We'll all have a sin nature inside of us. And every one of us need a Savior. Let me tell you how important it was that Jesus came 
to the earth that day 2,000 years ago. How important was it when they rejoiced that day in front of those shepherds, the angels even, and rejoiced? Why? Because the presence, the very kingdom of God has come to earth. Listen to what I'm telling you. And nobody has to uh, wonder where it came from. He came from the Father. He was sent by the Father. And when he landed on this earth, guess what? The kingdom of God. It not only came with him, it was in him. That's why he had the power to say whatever he wanted to to any of those demons. He could erase them. He could throw them out. And he began to cast them out. How many knows when you see God doing stuff like that, the kingdom of God is in the room. Praise God. That excited me. I got excited about the kingdom of God because Jesus is the one that brought it to us. Hallelujah. Now listen to 29. Then Jesus said to him, or else how can one enter in to a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then he'll spoil his house. Do you know what Jesus is doing around here? He's going around from city to city and he's binding the strong man. Did you know the enemy has had a strong hand on this world for a long time? But when Jesus come down, he began to bind the enemy. He began to cast out the devil. He began to come and do the work the Father had sent him to do, and he had the power to back it up. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know about you, but I begin to see things a little better this time. This time I read this, and I start seeing it better. I'm thinking, wow, Jesus, I know why you was going from the city. It wasn't just to give him good news. It wasn't just to deliver me from my rottenness. No, he came to upset every bit of the devil's work. He came to defeat him. Here's victory in Jesus, and he's still real today. Praise God. He binds the strong man. He gets hand. You know, when, when he bound that strong, when he comes along and he throws that devil out, the devil can't bring him back. See, Jesus had power over him. Jesus had power. There wasn't no fight to it. He just told him, get out of him. Let him alone. Get out of him. They cast him out. And that's what he did everywhere he went. And that's why he says to you and I, just like he said to his disciples, why are you a little faith? Don't you know that's who I am? I'm the power that comes against the enemy. We got to have more power in this gospel than what we're showing. Now, I'm not picking on nobody. I'm talking about myself first. Can I tell you something? We need victories. We need deliverance. We don't need to have a good fellowship and then go off and get defeated and beat down and destroyed. And our homes are destroyed. Our children are destroyed for lack of knowing that there's power to change things. We don't live it. We don't change. We don't even reach out to pray for people. We just think it's their call, their deal. Let them do what they want. Jesus upset some people, especially the religious people, because he was willing to not put on a show for somebody. 
He wanted to help somebody. He wanted to deliver them from the grief that they were lived in, the turmoil they lived in. Luke 10, Jesus sent out, have you heard this before? Luke 10, the 17th verse. I'm just going to read a couple verses, but it says Jesus sent out the 70. He had already sent out the disciples before. Now he sends out 70 of them, two by two. He sends them out and he gives them the authority. Now listen to me, Christian. This is before the cross. This is before Jesus died on the cross. But he had the power in him to give that authority to his disciples and to the 70 to go out and cast out devils and heal the sick. How many here's what I just said? Now this is before the cross. But I want you to hear because if Jesus tells you to do something, you can guarantee he's already going before you. He knows exactly what he's fixing to do. And he was implanting in those men and those people that saw it, he was implanting in them that it ain't just me that has this power. I'm going to give this power to my church. I'm going to bring the kingdom of God to all that will come. Power in the kingdom of God. And Jesus says to him, and the 70 returned and said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. And he said, I beheld, Jesus told him, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any man's hurt you. Listen to that. Listen to me, Christian. Are you afraid to go against the enemy? He said here when he sent them out, and he didn't send them out full of the Holy Spirit. He just sent them out in the authority that he gave them because the Holy Spirit hadn't been delivered as far as what we see today in the church. But I want you to understand something, what he's doing here. He said, I'm going to have you to go out and cast that. And they said the devils. And then he says, he says this about the scorpions. He says, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents, serpents and scorpions and over the power of all the enemy. I don't know about you, but I don't think it was talking about little snakes or little bitty scorpions. See, I think it's talking about the evil influence of them. Because the devil got into the serpent in the garden. And he was cursed then. Now listen to what I'm telling you. The serpent has always been a sly, deceitful animal. He is sly. You look it up. He's a deceiver. The serpent. The scorpion is the one will bring pain on you. You know what I'm saying? How many knows the evil influence that's going on in the world is bringing pain to our homes, to our, to our families? The evil influence is bringing pain to our people. You know, the sting of the scorpion, and I believe that's demon possession. I believe it's what the enemy is moving in, and he's trying to use things to deceive our children even. They can't even go to school to learn about history. And if they taught them history, it's not the history that we knew. I'm thinking to myself, somebody lost their mind. No, somebody got possessed by a devil. 
Somebody's got the enemy on top of their mind and they're following what the enemy says and not what the kingdom of God has taught them. If they know the kingdom of God, they'll walk in faith on what Jesus told them to do and quit worrying about what the school says. I'm sorry. You know, you might not like me for that. And I know some of you got a lot of kids going to school. But I'm going to tell you something, other. I'm not going to stand by and laugh about it. I think it's pathetic. It's pathetic all the things that the enemy is moving in in front of our children through teachers that don't know better. They're deceived. And they're striking our children with poison every day. And I think that's more, I've said it before, but I think that's more child abuse than anything else going on. It's the greatest child abuse. I'll get out of that. Jesus said, notwithstanding, don't rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And I like that where he said, the enemy cannot hurt you. Anywhere you go, don't be afraid when God tells you to do something. Don't be afraid to praise somebody. It looks like they're ready to rip your head off. Just, just smile and show them Jesus. Show them who Jesus is. What he's doing here is showing a sign of what the church is going to do. When he sent out those 70. How many sees that? We're supposed to be doing the same thing. That's what Jesus left and left the Holy Spirit in us for. I want you to turn to John 12. I know I'm back and forth a little bit, but I'm getting done. John 12. I'm going to change the message a little here. John 12, look all the way back at verse 31. Three verses. 31, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Who said that? Jesus. How many knows Jesus came to pass judgment on the enemy? When he came into the room and he came into the city and he came into the world, he came into the strong man's house and judgment's coming. And can I tell you something? The enemy's already judged because Jesus defeated him at Calvary. He defeated him. Satan thought he could win. He thought, oh, I've won the battle. We sing that song. The devil's defeated again. And, uh, and all the imps rejoiced, thought it was over. We've won the war. No, they didn't win the war because why? Jesus came up out of the grave. He defeated death. That wasn't just for you and me a gift. Yes, it is the gift of, of life for us. But he defeated what the enemy had done a long time ago. Praise God. There's victory in Jesus. He defeated Satan, and that's what he's talking about. He said, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to me. Now look in this, this next verse. This Jesus said, signifying what death he should die. What in the world does that mean? Well, he said, if I be lifted up. Now, you know what? Most of you know that points to the cross. It was the death that it talked about for Jesus. Isn't that true? 
you know? Now, you know what? We're still today. If you'll lift him up, he'll draw all men to you, to him. What? What are we supposed to? I ain't supposed to go around and carry a cross up in there. No, I'm supposed to lift up the name of Jesus. Why do I lift up his name? Why? I'm going to explain that to you. I want to read these two or three little verses. It says in John 3, 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Wow, that's pretty straight up. That's a pretty simple gospel. You mean I don't have to do some great thing? You mean if I come up here, all I got to do is believe? Believe in what Jesus did for me? Yes. That is exactly what you need to do to come to the door and say, Jesus, you paid my price, and I want to be saved. And Jesus will change you. That's what he does. That's what he came for. All the way back in Numbers 21. There's two verses. You don't have to turn there if you don't want. But there's a story, a little story right there. And this is where the serpents were, were come from. What was going on? The people were started whining about the way that the way was hard. Jesus, God, you gave us a hard way. We don't like this way. It's hard to even walk through this way. We don't like it. We don't like the food. And Bobby, you said you don't even like this light bread. Who in the world gives us this light bread? Bobby said that the other night. God was pouring down, taking care of his own people. But they began to whine again. What did, G, what did God do? God sent out fiery serpents to begin to strike the people. You know what? God don't work that way today. But if he did, we'd be in trouble. But God sent out fiery serpents. And when he sent the fiery serpents out, guess what happened? They began to strike. And it says, and many Israelites died. You think God was playing? It says they died. But it gets on down here. And they began to repent and cry out. And, God, and the Lord said to Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. Think about it. What a, what a funny story to be told way back then. All the way back in the time that Moses leading the people. And he tells a story after they whine and get God comes against them with these fiery servants. He tells Moses, put a fiery servant, mold it and make it. And he ain't supposed to be making images of anything. But he tells him to put that on there and stick it up in the air. Now who in the world would want to worship the fiery serpent that a fiery serpent was, was the one biting you? You know, if Jesus came down here and just beat you to death all the time, and then he says, look unto me, you'd say, wait a minute. If I looked at you, you was the one striking at me. But see, this fiery serpents that were striking him, he said, you got one way. I ain't going to take them away that you can't get bitten. But I'll tell you, if you'll look at the fiery serpent, you'll live. How many knows now what it means? See, Jesus is he is the one that was raised up. He was raised up before all mankind. 
That's why I said it last week. I think all of heaven stopped in their tracks when they saw the Son of God dying on the cross. I think all the angels, I think all that have gone before us that was looking, what in the world has happened? Jesus has laid down. He's laying his life down for you and I. He's laying his life down for the victory. He's defeating the enemy before his face. Praise God. Verse 9 says, And Moses made the serpent of brass and put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if, the, if a serpent had bitten any man when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. I like this verse. John 14, 30. Hereafter, one little bitty skinny verse. I want you to hear it. Hereafter, I, Jesus is telling his disciples, I will not talk much with you. He's getting close to going to the cross. Listen to what I'm telling you now. Jesus said to his disciples, I, can't, I won't be talking to you much. But listen to what he says. He says, for the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. Let me tell you something. He's the only one that said that. Every one of us would be in trouble if the enemy's coming after us. But Jesus didn't have. The devil had no power in him. The devil had nothing that Jesus had ever failed or did not be obey the Father. And I liked it. I don't know why, but that just jumped out at me. I thought, praise your name, Lord. You and you alone knew that if you stayed faithful and true, you were winning our victory for us. The devil had nothing he could do about it. Jesus was laying down his life willingly for you and I. Becky, come on back up. In John 16, 11, one verse... Talking about when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll reprove you the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. But look what he says when he says of judgment. Verse 11 says, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. See, the Holy Spirit in us, he'll reprove us. And you know why we know we're in trouble? Because we know Satan was judged. We're going to be judged. See, as I see... God shows me that you're not going to get away with this. You're going to have to repent of what you're doing. You're going to have to look to Christ over everything in your life because don't let the enemy have a stronghold in your life. Don't let him have his hand in the middle of your heart. Don't let him toy with you. He's trying to destroy you. He's not a baby, there's not a kid, there's not one. When I look at these little kids running around here, and I see them all over, and I think one day the enemy is going to come after them. One day the devil's going to try his best to destroy them. He'll feed on those things of our flesh, those things that, that we touch that we want, those things that we see that we want, those things that we hear, and we will work on our flesh. He will work on our flesh and influence us to follow those things. 
But we have to make that fork in the road. Somebody said it. Grand said it. The fork in the road. You come to that fork in the road and you need to go to Jesus. He's the power that will set you free, keep you free. In 2 Corinthians 4, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto him. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, you've heard this all your life. Put on the whole armor of God. Christian, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. When you go out of here today, tell yourself, I need on the whole armor of God today. Because the enemy's trying his best to get in. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That means the tricks of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these principalities and powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against the spiritual wickedness in high places. There's wickedness in the high places. As long as the enemy has his way, there's always going to be wickedness in high places. Jesus said on, Jesus, uh, this was, Paul said this about Christ in Colossians 2, 14, 15. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us and was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled the principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He made a show of them openly. Praise God. This is the purpose Jesus came. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. He was brought forth that he might destroy the works of the devil. Praise God. I want you to hear this because you've got to get out of your mind that this is just a little tug of war against two forces. You know what? The enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy as many as he can. He's attacking our, our children. He's attacking our lives. He says in... In uh, James 4, 7, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Don't tell me you can't get victory. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And it talks about in 1 Peter 5, 8, about him being a, as a roaring lion. It gives you images of what the enemy has come at his people with. Now I want to tell you a little something. And I know it's late. I'm not going to spend long telling you. But I even thought about not telling you this. But I have to tell you something of it. One thing was, about a week and a half ago, I told Sue. But about a week and a half ago, I woke up in the middle of the night. I didn't wake up. I was, started having a nightmare. And the devil was in my nightmare. Now, you can say to yourself, well, you don't even know it was the devil. No, he didn't have a name on him saying devil. But I'll tell you what happened. I'm standing on a hillside, and I look down, and there's a cliff. And a man standing down there on the cliff. And a little girl, looked like a little toddler, 
She looked a little bit like one of my grandkids when they were little. She was just barely walking. She came over to that man and he took her by the hand. And he was standing holding her hand. And she wiggled herself away from him. Backed up. I'm way down. It's way up there. But I can see him. And I'm thinking at the time, he's evil. In my dream, I'm thinking, this guy's a bad guy. He's evil. Then about that time, a bigger a teenager on the other side comes down and takes a hold of his other hand on the other side, on the left side. And he stood there a minute with her. And I keep looking up there at him. And all of a sudden, he sees that little girl again. He grabs her by the hand. He's got both of them by the hand. And what does he do? He leaps off that cliff. And they hit the ground hard. He didn't. He stopped right at the ground, but they hit the ground hard. And I thought to myself, he's the evil. He is evil. And all of a sudden, he grabs them back up by the hand and begins to fly the other way. And bold Christian I am, you know what I said? You ain't got the guts to come down here. I never no more got that out of my mouth in my dream. And he done a complete turn, looked me right in the face. And he came right straight at me. And when he got to me, he's got them in his hand. When he got to me, he began to swell. His head was big. His body was big. He got bigger and bigger the closer he got. I'm not preaching dreams. Can I tell you something? But I can tell you I'd never faced an evil this way. I have faced evil influences. I've faced evil feelings. Been around evil things. But can I tell you, this was different. This was like a real devil. He was right in, he come right at my face. Right at me. It was like he was telling me, I know exactly what you're thinking. And I, he come right at me. And at the last minute, he's about right at me. And I'm swinging with all I got. Get out of here. I'm swinging him. Get out of here. Get out of here. And that's all I'm doing is fighting. Shirley slaps me and wakes me up. She had her opportunity. She did it. But she woke me up. And the first thing she said, what's the matter with you? I said, I'm having a nightmare. And all of a sudden, she just laid her. I couldn't talk to her. I could still feel the evil there. Can I tell you? I could feel him there. So I was laying there just like a little boy thinking to myself. I couldn't, I couldn't face him. I couldn't go against him. I wasn't powerful enough. So I began to say, Jesus is more powerful than you are. Like a little kid, Jesus is bigger than you are. He's more powerful than you are. I kept saying that. In my, and all of a sudden, that spirit moved. It left me. And I thought to myself, I'll never go to sleep now. I'll be up all night. Five minutes later, I'm snoring like a baby. And I woke up, it's daylight. And I'm only telling you that because I want you to understand something. When the demons or the devil comes at you, he's real. And he's more powerful than we are. We need a close walk with Jesus. And we need to have his 
belief inside of us that he is the power of the kingdom of God that's moved into us. Did you know the call that he gave us? He said, I want you to go out and preach the gospel, and I want you to, to uh, cast out devils, lay hands on the sick. He started naming the things he wanted us to do. It was the things that he did. He's telling us to do that. That's our commission. That's our call in life. Christian, if you really want to know the power of God, you need to get a hold of him and to surrender yourself to him because I can tell you the enemy is going to come out of the woodwork in this day and hour. And he's going to fight to destroy. Not just you, but he'll fight your children. If he can't get you, he'll be after your loved ones, your children. There's discouragement every day you get up. There's evil for every day. The enemy wants you to surrender what God has done for you. You've got a chance today. But the devil's, he's got his day coming but I don't want to follow him. Sometimes, and I've heard friends say it, oh, I'll just go where my friends are going. It ain't no party down there. You can find that in scripture too. There's no party down there. Be serious about this. There's a real devil. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. You need to wake up. This is personal for you. He didn't just come to set America free. He didn't just come to set uh, France and, and England free. He came to set the world free, but he also came to put down that which had the stronghold on all of us. Praise God, there's victory in Jesus. Everybody stand, if you will. While they sing, if you need to pray, you come. I hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Oh, it's closer now than it's ever been. I can almost hear the trumpet. Gabriel sounds the call at the midnight cry we'll be going home when Jesus steps out
around me. I see prophecies fulfilling. All the signs of the times, they're appearing everywhere. And I can almost hear the Father as he says, son, go get the children at the midnight cry. The bride of Christ will rise when Jesus steps out. see a lot of things that I've seen turn evil and I think a lot of you have lived that long I don't think that the enemy can do that damage and people following the enemy can do that damage without there's really a judgment coming without there's really a God that's going to punish those that done this evil do you know how many innocent people have died because of evil in people? Listen to me. God is going to have a judgment day. There is going to be a day. Now, we as children of God, we're not perfect. I know that. We, none of us walk perfect. But we'll still stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for what we're doing in the flesh since we knew Him. That's what Scripture tells us. And then... Those that don't know him will stand at the great white throne judgment and God will bring them to the place where he'll have a judgment day and you don't want to hear it, what he's going to say. Depart from me, I never knew you. Depart from me, I never knew you. And then, you know what? You'll go where the enemy goes. You know, I read... I, I did a sermon not too long ago about the devil before. Can I tell you something? One of the hardest things to read. I think it's in Mark 9, 42 through 50, where he says, The worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Some people think when they die, all of these problems I have be gone. Can I tell you something? The desire for the sin that's in you will still be there when you go to hell. Can I tell you something? Because I believe that's what this fire that never goes out, I believe that's what this worm that's eating us up 
all the time. But there's never no relief. There's never no peace. There's never, you're forever in that sin. You have the choice today because God sent his only begotten son. You can't do it for yourself. You can only do it through the Savior. Read that today. Mark 9, 42 through 50. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. It's talking about hell. And I believe the desires, the things that people, if you're struck with a vice in your life or a sin in your life, and you think you're getting away with it, and you think you're going to stand before God, can I tell you something? The Bible says you carry that into eternity. That's what it's teaching. I think those desires, those longings, those things you refuse to give up, they'll be on, be on you the rest of eternity. You say, that's terrible for you to say. Read it yourself. Read Mark 9. Read what Jesus said. Jesus don't mix words. He don't make mistakes. He speaks truth. I'm not trying to stir anybody the wrong way. I want you to hear this. God's given me grace. He's given you grace. We live by the grace of the merciful God that we serve. He's been so good to us. He knew we couldn't live up to it, so he sent his son. And then to help us to walk this, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. We're so special in the eyes of God. They talked about the other night, just as the little birds, God knows everyone that falls out of the sky. He knows you and I. How much greater value are you to God than the little birds? And he feeds every one of them. We need to live for him. While you have life and time, you need to live for him. You need to reject the enemy and everything he influences you and throws at you. And say, no, I can be a Christian. I can live for him everywhere I go. There ain't a place that Jesus did not give me to go that he won't be victory, victorious with me. Praise God. We ain't nothing. You know, I know I'm nothing. But I know what Jesus did. Praise his name.